just going to take a few minutes here, and I'm going to, we're going to look at uh, one verse of Scripture and kind of close out our night. Um, we do have a little bit of ma- a matter of business to take care of um, because the children all week long have been going out for a special program called the Agents of Light, and they know what's going on because tonight they've got to find out who the double agent is. So I'm going to let the children, just for a few minutes here, you guys are going to have to go. Um, Mr. Dillon's going to have to work fast. Let Dylan know. Okay. You guys head on back. Mr. Matt's back there. They got to go find out who won the week. So all the kiddos can head out up through the sixth grade. I have a verse up on the screen. Feel free to turn on a Bible if you wanted to, though. I'd love to just look at one verse of Scripture just as we kind of wrap up the night. I think it would only be appropriate for me to try to explain just a little bit We've been talking so much about Jesus, I just want to make sure that I'm very clear as to why we've made such a big deal about this man this evening. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 6, I think from this, there's so many places I could go in the Bible to really try to say what all of our songs have been saying tonight. Um... But I love this verse because I think that this verse kind of can, in some ways, wrap up the whole story of the Bible in this verse. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It starts off with kind of a hard statement, but then it gets, folks, it gets better than you can ever, you will ever be able to imagine in the second half of this verse. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, that's a hard statement. But then it says this, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's just pray tonight and ask God to help us, and then I'll take a few minutes to explain this. Lord, right now, we're just going to take a minute. And uh, Lord, I I just want to make sure that people understand why we make such a big deal about your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you'll just work. And Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight who's never understood, Lord, the beauty of this story that we have in the Bible, that Or maybe they've never understood how this man who lived 2,000 years ago has anything to do with them. Lord, we know that he has everything to do with every person in this room. Because he is the creator. Lord, he's going to be the judge. And he's the savior. Lord, I pray that you will work. Help us to see what you've done. In Christ's name, amen. Um, there's a word that we use, uh, it's from the Bible, and maybe you've heard the word before, and we use it a lot when we talk about everything that we've been talking about this evening. It's, it's the word, the gospel. What the word gospel means is it's a word that, that literally means the good news. Now, we all understand good news, um, but you, the, the good news of the Bible has to be understood in context, or you really don't understand maybe how good it is. You know, I, I'm telling you tonight, we've been singing some good news. And I get excited about this good news, but it's because in the context, I understand how it sits in the middle of some really, really bad news. Like um, if I were to say to you, hey, folks, listen, um, uh, next, next Tuesday, it's going uh, to be 75 and sunny. Isn't that good news? Now, maybe you're saying, well, I mean, all right, I guess. I'm, maybe some of you are sort of ready for the cold air to get here. Um, uh, but, but maybe if I said, oh, let me back up and tell you this, though, on, on Saturday and into Sunday, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get down around zero and we're having a huge ice storm. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. See, it's all determined how you see it, right? So, so, so in other words, good news is really determined by the context and how you view it. Like if I were to say to you, hey, folks, I've got good news. We have found a cure to cancer. Everyone would say that's good news. But if you have stage four cancer, then folks, it's not just good news. It's really, really, really good news. Folks, um, the Bible has over-the-top incredible news. But you really got to understand that there's some bad news. That, and the bad news is so bad that that's what makes the good news so good. And the thing I love about this one verse is it actually tells us all of it right in the same verse. The first phrase really wraps up the bad news of the Bible. Look at what it says. It says, for the wages of sin is death. What does it mean when it says the wages of sin is death? Let's just kind of talk about these words for just a minute. The word death, first of all, um, I mean, we all understand death. Uh, I, I, I just earlier today, as we were having a special luncheon here, we, uh, we're, I was talking about a friend of mine, my neighbor, uh, just two weeks ago. He, uh, he died. He had, he had uh, stage four cancer, and I've been battling it for a while, and I was able just to walk through this journey with him, went over and saw him, uh, several times a week, and he just died. Folks, death is real. We all understand death. But you know what? The Bible says that it's appointed to man once to die, but then after this, the judgment. Now, what does that mean? It means that every man has an appointment with death. You have it. And it's an appointment that I promise you, you will not miss it. Everybody dies. Uh, we were at a church not long ago, and we were close to a, 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 a graveyard. The church had a graveyard, and my, me and my two oldest children were walking through, and we're reading tombstones of 80 and 90-year-olds, and we're reading tombstones of 2 and 3-year-olds. And it was really bothering, it really bothered my children that, that, that death isn't just for older folks. And I said, I said, Ellen Asher, let me tell you the lesson of the graveyard. This is the lesson of the graveyard that you've got to learn and understand, that everybody dies. Um, folks, we understand death, but listen to that verse. I said it's appointed unto man once to die, but then after this is the judgment. Now, what do you mean after this? Folks, the thing that you've got to understand is death isn't the end. I mean, there's a very real sense in which death is the beginning. And when it talks here about death, I want you to see it's really comparing two things. If you look at the second phrase, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. What it's talking about isn't just physical death. It's talking about, it's really doing a comparison between eternal death and eternal life. You see, after the judgment, the Bible says um, that, that both death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. It's an eternal death death. It's an eternal judgment. You see, Aaron, that's the most horrible thing I've ever heard in my life, that there could be any such a thing as an eternal judgment, an eternal death that never ends. But folks, I want you to know that this is what the bad news is talking about. I told you it was bad. But folks, what's being laid side by side is eternal death, but then eternal life. But you've got to understand this bad news of eternal death before you're really going to get serious about the good news of eternal life, I promise. Folks, the bad news of eternal death, listen to what it says. It says, for the wages of sin is this death. Now let's just talk about, once again, the, the, just these words, the word wage. We understand the word wage. 
The word wage, it, you, it, it really has to do with what you've earned. I mean, you, you work your job, you, you get your paycheck, and, 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 and you don't feel bad about it, do you? I mean, have you ever, have you ever on payday, you know, they're, they're handing you your check and you're saying, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't have. No, no, no. That, we're like, uh-huh, bring it on. Matter of fact, it might be bittersweet. You wish it was a little more than, than, than it is maybe, but you take it and you say, mm-hmm, it's mine. Why? Because you earned it. That's your wage. Folks, you see, the Bible tells us that this is what we've earned. It's the wages, but then he tells us why we've earned it. It's the wages of our sin is this eternal death. Folks, um, sin, you say, well, I mean, I messed up a time or two, but um, I mean, really, I surely haven't sinned enough to deserve eternal death. Well, maybe you've never really realized how much you've sinned. Folks, um, I mean, I, I think we have a really bad understanding of what the Bible calls sin. Folks, uh, sin, we teach children. You know, sin is when we break God's rules. I mean, we have rules at the house. Well, there's rules in the government. Did you know that God has rules? He's laid them out fairly clearly for us in the Bible. And sin is when we don't keep them. And folks, um, I, I don't know if you've ever really understood how, how, how much we sin. If we really get serious about what the Bible calls sin, it's not just the things that we do. It's the things we think. It's the motives of our heart. I mean, it's everything. But, but let's just say, let me just help you with this. Let's just say, I mean, there's a lot of people who would say, I mean, I know I mess up from time to time, but to call me a sinner, they really struggle with that. But the Bible says that we're sinners. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we fall short, a continual falling short of the glory of God. And, 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 and you know, maybe you're here tonight and, and, and you're, really, you're really struggling with that understanding. Um, have you ever realized how much you sin? I mean, let's say you're so incredible you only sin one time a day. I mean, folks, I want you to know something. If you only sin one time a day, you would be borderline angelic. I mean, there's no telling how many times the average person sins in a day. Especially when you really get honest about what Jesus called sin. I mean, but let's say, let's say you're so over-the-top incredible, you only sin one time a day. Folks, I mean, that wouldn't be me. I mean, there's no telling how many times I might sin in a day. But let's say that's you. Let's just say all day long you are just angelic except for one little mess up every day. Just one. I mean, just, just something little like maybe you, you have a judgmental spirit and you look down on somebody else thinking of yourself as a little bit better than them. Or, 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 maybe, or maybe just something little like you just kind of exaggerate the truth just a little bit to your favor. You know, just a little white lie. No big deal. Just something little. Or maybe just one time a day you get a little snippy with some time. Or just one time a day you covet something that's not yours. Or just one time a day, you know, just something little. Just a little look and a lust. Maybe just something, just one time a day your heart's kind of full of pride. Or just one time a day you find yourself complaining. Just something little, one time a day. Folks, you still understand just one time a day. At the end of a year, you've sinned 365 times. By the time you're three years old, you've sinned over a thousand times. By the time you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, how many times have you sinned? Folks, I won't confess your sin. I'll confess mine. There's no way I could ever even start to count how many times I've sinned. Folks, the Bible tells us plainly that, 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 that on the day of judgment that the books are going to be opened. Folks, it's volumes. It's a good thing it's in the plural because it's volumes of books that would really start to show how much I've sinned. And you know what? A lot of people, they sort of have in, their, in this, this mentality of, yeah, but I do more good than I do bad. 
Um, I mean, so many people think that when you die, there's like this big scale. You know how many people think that there's some form, some way, somehow, there's some form of a scale? All your, all your bad maybe goes on one side, and yeah, i got to make up for that. But hopefully, your good goes on the other side, and hopefully, with your fingers crossed, you know, you did more good to outweigh your bad. Do you know how many people think that that's how you get into heaven? Folks, the Bible says nothing about that. In fact, the Bible directly contradicts it. The Bible says you can keep the entire law your whole life and yet offend at one single point. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says you're guilty. Maybe you've never understood this, folks, but heaven is a perfect place. It's made by a perfect God, and it's made for perfect people. That's a problem for me because I'm not perfect, are you? You see, folks, the bad news is bad. The wages, what we have earned and rightfully deserved because of our sin is an eternal death. But folks, if, if, if I would just said, hey, thanks for coming, we'll see you later right here, then, then, then this is bad news. And we would all have reason to leave here and, 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 be, uh, and, and, and be depressed. But folks, um, the bad news is really just the setup so that we can understand the good news. Folks, the rest of the verse tells us the good news. It says, but, and I'm telling you, that is a big-time transitional word. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of our sin is eternal death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Folks, God has made a way for you to not have eternal death. But I want you to see these words, folks. It's very important. It doesn't say that there's a way for you to earn as a wage eternal life. In fact, it says very, 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 very deliberately that it is a gift. Folks, you can't earn eternal life. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter if you spend your life in church. It doesn't matter if you give to not-for-profit organizations. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized, if you've been through catechism, if you've been confirmed. It doesn't matter. Folks, the only way that a person is ever going to have eternal life is it's got to be received as a gift that you can't earn. And I want you to know something. As simple as that sounds, it's actually quite hard. Folks, the truth of salvation is very simple. So simple the Bible says a child can have it and understand it and receive it. But at the same time, it is a lie to say that it's easy. And I think it's especially not easy for adults. You know why? Because it does require that you are willing to receive a gift. That's a problem for us. We're self-made people. Don't you tell me I can't earn it. Don't you tell me that I can't do enough good to make up for my bad. Folks, the Bible plainly tells us we can't do enough good to make up for our bad. Folks, that's why God had to come and offer it to us as a gift Offer it to us as a gift that we cannot earn. Folks, we must receive it. Folks, we must receive it. You, you know what it requires? It requires that you admit that you're a sinner. It requires that you understand and admit that it's true, that you have a need that you can't fix. 
It requires that you understand that you have a problem that you can't fix on your own. Folks, we are people who are massively in need. Have you ever understood that to be true of yourself? That you have a, a problem that you can't fix? Folks, that left to ourselves, what we earn is a wage of eternal death because of our sin. But that Jesus Christ has come and is offering us a gift. Now tonight I want you to know something else though. This gift is more expensive probably than you've ever understood. Look at the last phrase. How did God make this gift available to us? Have you ever given someone a gift that's just over the... What's the most expensive gift you've ever given to somebody? Folks, I want you to listen to how expensive this gift was. It says it, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know why it brings up Jesus Christ right here? Folks, the Bible tells us that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that the world through Him might be saved. Folks, it cost God His Son on the cross that you and I might have this gift of eternal life. Folks, it wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap. Maybe you've never understood the story of Jesus. Maybe you've never understood. Maybe, may, may, um, uh, let, let, me just, let, let me just quickly, I can tell you just really, really fast. Here, here's here's kind of the, the story of this verse and really the story of the, whole, of the whole Bible in just maybe one minute. God created man. He created man perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect people in every way you could imagine the word perfect. They were perfect. They were perfect in their minds. They were perfect in their bodies. They were perfect. Their environment was perfect. They had perfect relationship with each other. Most importantly, though, they had a perfect relationship with God. In the beginning, there's no other word to describe it, folks, other than everything was perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect, but they chose to sin against God. They said, God, we don't want to do things your way. We want to do things our way. And so God removed man from his presence, and he removed himself from man's presence. There's a great gap that has come between God and man. And folks, it is so great of a gap that no man can overcome it. Folks, there's nothing we can do to fix this problem. Now, a lot of people have tried to fix the problem, but it doesn't work. You know what people have done? We have created man-made religion. You know what man-made religion is? It's nothing more than man's empty attempts to try to get to God. So you know what we do? We try, maybe if I go to church, I can fix my problem. Nope, you can't get to God through going to church. Well, I know maybe if I, if I get baptized or if I, if, I, um, if I give money to a not-for-profit organization, if I try to do good to my neighbor, no matter what we do, folks, the bottom line is this. Man can't get to God because our sin has separated us from him. Man can't get to God, so here's the glory of the whole Bible. So God came to man by becoming a man. His name was Jesus. We celebrate his birth at Christmas here 2,000 years later. How crazy is that? We celebrate his death and his resurrection at Easter. Why? Folks, because Jesus Christ came to this earth to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He came to take our sin. Maybe you've seen the... the, the have you ever understood the, the story of the cross? Maybe you've seen the picture. You've heard the story. Maybe you've seen the movie. Do you know why that man had to die? Maybe you've never understood why the suffering, why that bloody story of this man on the cross, why. Folks, the Bible tells us why over and over again. Isaiah chapter 53 says, He was wounded for, because of our transgressions. 
He was bruised because of our iniquities, our sins. And the chastening, the punishment that brought peace to me was put upon him so that now through his stripes, people like me, a sinner, I can be healed spiritually. I can be healed. Folks, have you ever realized that Jesus Christ was dying because of our sin? Have you ever realized that, my friend, it was because of the sins of the world that Jesus Christ went to the cross so that now there could be a gift extended to us that we can't earn? Folks, it was expensive. And here's why it's so important, and this is why it has everything to do with you tonight. It's because every single person on this, on this earth, they are either going to reject this gift and say, no, I don't want it, or they're going to receive it. There's no middle ground. Folks, you're either going to receive this gift of eternal life that has come to us through Jesus Christ, or you're going to reject God. You're going to say, God, I don't want your gift. I want to do things my own way. And folks, tonight I want you to understand that your eternity lies in the balance. Not of how much good or bad you've done. Your eternity lies in the balance of whether or not you're going to accept this gift of God that is being offered to us through Jesus Christ, His Son. Now, I, I, I grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a Christian home. I grew up going to church. I grew up, I went to Sunday school. I got baptized. I got baptized twice. I want to make sure. Folks, I, I thought I was doing all the right stuff. I thought... Maybe somehow it was, a, it was a do more good than bad and, and hopefully then the balance, you know. Um, I finally got frustrated because I couldn't do it. And finally it was when I was 21 years old. God got a hold of my heart and helped me to realize, no, Aaron, you must turn. You must, you must repent of your sin. You must turn to Jesus Christ and accept this free gift of his salvation. Folks, this is what God has done. This is why we sing of Him. This is why we lift our hearts and our voices to Him because He has made a way for me, a sinner, to be saved. But folks, you've got to understand you have a need. Jesus told this story, and with this we'll be done. Jesus said that two men came to the temple to pray. Jesus said that these two men came to the temple to pray, and one of them was a religious man. He was a good man. He said that the, and, but then he said that the other one, the other one was an old sinner. He said that these two men came to the temple to pray, and he said that, that the religious man just starts ripping through his credentials of how good he was. He said, I do this, I, I do this, I, I go to church, I give, I fast, all this stuff. He simply rehearsed how good he was. Maybe that's been the tendency of your heart. Kind of think through how, yeah, okay, you messed up, but look, I do this good and this good and this good. That's what this man did. But then Jesus says, the old sinner, he said he wouldn't even lift up his head. But with his head bowed, he beat upon his chest. He said, oh God, would you be merciful to me? I'm an old sinner. Jesus said that these two, people, these two men came to the temple, but he said only one of them left 
with his sins forgiven, left justified, the Bible says. That means only one of them was given the gift of eternal life. Folks, it wasn't this one. Matter of fact, Jesus' whole story, he said this to a bunch of religious people who thought they were good. His whole point of the story was to say to these people who thought they were good, he said, no, 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 none of you are good until you realize that you're that man. There's no salvation for you. My friend, I have a question for you. Have you ever come to the place where you realize that you're actually that man? Or are you still trying to convince yourself and everybody else that you're this man? Folks, this man rejects the gift of God. This man receives it. Have you ever seen yourself a sinner? Have you ever believed in your heart that Jesus Christ came to die for your sin? And then Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Does that mean you pick up your phone and you call heaven? No, folks, this is the call of a person who's done trying to, to save and rescue themselves. That's this man beating his chest saying, God, would you be merciful to me, a sinner? That's the call of a man who understands and needs Jesus. That's the call of a man or a woman who is ready to receive this gift. Folks, have you ever seen your need of Jesus? Folks, the reason why we lift our voices and sing to Jesus is not because we're good people. It's because we understand we're broken people who've been saved by His grace. Folks, have you ever realized that that's you? At 21, I realized that was me. This room is, has a is full of people who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you know what that means? That means every single one of them, those who are truly saved in this room, came to the place of realizing that they're not this man, they're actually this man. This room is full of people who have come to that realization. My friend, maybe tonight your eyes are being opened to understand that you're actually that man too. And my friend, please, I'm begging with you. I'm, I'm begging you tonight. I'm pleading with you. If you hear the voice of God, harden not your heart. Maybe you're sitting there tonight and you can't even explain it, but there is a drawing of your heart to this truth. My friend, would you be saved? Would you be saved? Would you accept this free gift of God's salvation that he has made available to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Would you turn from your sin? Would you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone? Would you come and call upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Folks, let me just tell you, I was all alone in my basement apartment sitting down in South Carolina when I was 21 years old back in 1996. I was all alone in my basement apartment, but I knew I had a need I couldn't meet. I knew that I was this man, and I knew that I needed Jesus. Folks, it wasn't some fancy words that came flying out of my mouth, but I cried out to Jesus Christ to save me, and he saved me. He rescued me. He gave me his forgiveness. He gave me his free gift of eternal life, his gift of salvation. My friend, you can be saved tonight. If you have in your mind, well, I've got to go out and earn it, you missed it. 
You can't earn it. You have to receive it. Folks, you can be saved right here. You can be saved tonight. You can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. You can walk out of this room having been forgiven of your sins, receiving this gift of eternal life. Tonight, would you be saved? Folks, it's not, uh, the Bible says we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Uh, we, we call that prayer. We talk to God. He's real. Um, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's not, let me get these magic words just right. No, folks, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's God that saves you. But it really is our heart. We talk to God. Maybe, maybe you've, you've understood all kinds of, 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 of cognizant facts about this man, Jesus Christ, but maybe it's never moved from your brain to your heart. And tonight, you understand, no, this isn't just facts about this man, Jesus, that I have to, you know, b- believe in with my mind. This is a heart trusting in him to save my soul. Have you ever turned to Jesus? My friend, tonight... In just a moment, I'm just going to give us a chance with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for you just to cry out to Jesus Christ to save you. For you just to say, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know that I deserve eternal death because it's the wages that I have earned because of my sin. But I believe that you've made a way, God, for me to be saved, for me to be rescued through your son, Jesus. And I'm coming to you for your salvation. Would you save us? Would you save a sinner like me? And folks, the answer to that is yes, he'll save a sinner like you because he saved a sinner like me. And he's promised us that if we will come realizing that we're that man, that we can be saved through his son, Jesus Christ. Would you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Would you turn from your sin? Would you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ tonight? Would you receive this gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a minute. You know, just with our heads bowed before God. My friend, like I said, it's not some fancy words. It's just a heart cry. Would Would you call upon God to save you tonight? Just with it quiet in this room. This isn't between you and me. This is between you and God. Right now with it quiet in this room, would you turn in your heart, would you turn from your way and would you turn to Jesus Christ? Just in prayer, right now, say, oh God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that because of my sin, what I have earned is eternal judgment, eternal death, but I believe that you've made a way for me to be saved. I'm coming to you through your son, Jesus Christ. Would you save me? I'm placing my faith and my trust in you. I believe. I believe that he died on that cross for my sins. I believe he rose again to conquer sin, to set me free. And I'm coming to you tonight for your salvation. Would you save me? My friend, I'm just going to have it quiet in this room for just a moment. Right now, would you call upon, would you call upon the name of Jesus Christ to be saved?
just as we continue to pray here, maybe you're sitting here tonight and you'd say, Aaron, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of trying to talk to God. I know that I need to talk to God. Maybe you're kind of like, this is a little different. I don't really don't know what to say. Please, my friend, understand, it's not some magical words. It's your heart. God knows your heart. I can kind of help you. I can sort of tell you what uh, something similar to what I prayed. My words can't save you. My prayer can't save you. But right now, take these words. Make them your own. In your heart, cry out to God. Say, say, say words like these. Say, say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned against you. I know that I deserve judgment. But I believe you've made a way for me to be saved. A way for me to be rescued through your son Jesus Christ on the cross. And I believe... And I'm coming to you for your gift of salvation. Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I'm turning from my way. I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning to you. I know that I'm that man, the sinner. It's me. Would you save me? My friend... You finish your prayer. This is, once again, not between you and me. This is between you and God. I'll give you just another moment, and then I'll close. Oh, God, we thank you for your great grace. We thank you for your abundant mercy and love lord you sacrificed your son lord because you love us here in his love you tell us in first john four ten. here is love not that we love you but that you loved us and sent your son jesus to be the the propitiation the satisfaction of our sin oh god thank you and lord my prayer is that tonight lord as the gospel the good news has gone forth Lord, that it has fallen on on good ground and that there will be fruit that remains. Oh, God, would you work for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your kingdom. Oh, God, I pray that you would work and that there would be some in this room who place their faith and their trust in you and receive this gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.